0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to Table Talk, the show after the show. I'm your host, Swanee. And I'm JR. Alright, so today we're going to be talking about the types of players in a campaign. Uh, We have, let's see, we have Ruse Lawyers. We have the Min Maxers or the Power Gamers.
1: I'm feeling attacked.
0: Because you are. We do have Murder Hobos, the pervert character slash player, the main character wannabe, And the chaotic stupid slash evil player slash characters.
1: What about lawful stupid?
0: I mean, I guess that works too, if you want to add that.
1: That kind of falls under the, that's what my character would do.
0: Yeah, but that's a whole different topic that we're going to be covering. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's probably going to be like another two hour episode. Oh no. (laughs) But yeah, so pretty much to start us off, we can go with the rules lawyers. Hi. Hi. So (laughs) I don't think that there's anything really wrong with rules lawyers if they know how to handle their rules lawyering. You know, just because you're a medical student doesn't mean that because somebody has a cough that you get to WebMD them. You know, just because you're a psychology student doesn't mean that you get to diagnose somebody. You know, it's it's kind of like. It's just more of a situational thing. So in a game, you know, I wouldn't mind if somebody comes up and if I kind of ruled something wrong because I misread it and then I have another player who comes up and it's like, oh no, this is how the spell actually works or this is how exhaustion works. I would appreciate that. But then you do have those rules lawyers who in a negative sense would be the type of people who are, well, the rules book says this. And that's how it should play. Nine times out of ten, the rules lawyer is acting this way because it's going to benefit them. It might benefit the party as a whole, but normally it's just benefiting the individual, not the group.
1: Okay, I see what your problem is. So I'm, I'm more of the arbitrator where I know the rules work this way and I always just say, hey, this is how they work. Mm-hmm but i can see yeah there there are those people that are like the rules will work in the best way for them yeah they're the loophole finder that if you find the loophole they get upset about it mm-hmm. or you know if the ruling had been you know it maxes out in the book at 20d6 for falling damage right yeah. and for them, they're like, okay, well, I knocked this person off a 1,000-foot cliff. Why is it going to max out at 20D6? But they had literally just fallen a similar distance. And now they're like, oh, but 20D6 but, but for me at that time was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. But as long as... It, I think that it's okay if people know the rules and try to apply them evenly. Yeah. it's It's another thing completely when people just they want the rules to work in a favorable way for them all the time. Mm-hmm. Because that's... I don't know. It, it's its kind of cheating, but not really. It's just... I think it's abusing the system in a way that only ever benefits them. Yeah. And I don't think that's fair to the other players because it's, it's, uh, D&D is a cooperative game.
0: Mm-hmm. So. But a lot of players, especially... I wouldn't even say newer players... But from my experience, a lot of newer players or people who are coming in from video games, a lot of those people are very heavy into, you know, well, the rule specifically says this and you shouldn't change it because, you know, like, okay, for example, I have, um, I know it takes an action to drink a potion. I allow it as a bonus action. Mm Mm-hmm. That's just my house rule. But there are going to be some people who, you know, they'll go, okay, well, this person drank a health potion. That's healing. So you're allowing healing as a bonus action. So I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on myself as a bonus action. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, Cure Wounds is an action. Sorry, not sorry.
1: It's kind of like later some people allow cantrips to become bonus actions. Mm Mm-hmm. But then again, that's kind of a... For me, that's always been a hit or miss kind of thing. Because if you think about it, sorcerers... The game is built a certain way to balance a certain way. Yeah. And sorcerers are allowed to get around that with their meta magic with the quickened spell. But it's something that costs them. They have to give up, I think, two sorcery points every time they do it. Mm -hmm. So even at level 20, they can only do it ten times, max. And that means they basically have ten rounds where they can cast a spell and then a cantrip quickened or cause I don't think they can do two spells in one round. I don't think you're allowed to do that. Um, you might be able to, and I'm just remembering it wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's, you can do a spell and a cantrip quickened in one turn or a cantrip and a spell quickened in one turn, but not two spells at once. Mm-hmm. And I think that giving the cantrips out, basically for free um, you know so so that the other characters have a bonus action they can use every turn it's just you know to help with the economy of uh, action in 5e I'm still on the fence about it just because it costs it costs um, uh, sorcerers uh, an actual resource instead of it just being a whatever yeah so I could I don't know
0: I don't know I kind of feel like I I I would say I'm more of the I don't I, I wouldn't allow cantrips to be like kind of free action or bonus action or something like that just because regardless of how you look at it it's still something that you had to learn you had to practice this is just a spell a very basic spell like you know mending lights you know i just learned how to cast light you don't need light for attacks this is just kind of oh i need to light this this uh wall or something or this rock you know it's just something so harmless like i can see allowing it but then again there are some actions like there are some uh cantrips that do damage yeah and i i people would abuse that. They'd be like, okay, well, cool. You know, I can cast, you know, Firebolt or whatever, you know, Ray of Frost or something, like whatever cantrip damage spell. They were like, well, since you're allowing it as a free action, then I'll cast a spell, cast my cantrip, and then I'll do a bonus action. And if I'm sorcerer, then I would do use my two sorcery points quicken. to then quicken spell, get another cantrip. And then if I was a warlock on top of that, then I would use my warlock points to get sorcery points to then do that.
1: Yeah, and you know, actually, it's it's on this, it actually would probably transfer pretty well into the min-maxing mm-hmm. because min-maxers normally are operating in the rules to go as far as they can. And in 3.5, the ultimate was pun-pun, I think, the kobold. And it's, it's literally you use rules in the game because of the giant amount of errata, basically. There's There's so much information out there for 3.5 that you could take bits and pieces from every, a bunch of different books. And when you combine them together, you literally make, you can make a kobold basically a god.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it doesn't take long to come online. And when you do, you're pretty much unstoppable. And I'm pretty sure any DM who has played more than a couple games has seen. A min maxer and I know that I have a habit of min maxing Mm -hmm. because I want my character to survive is mostly what it is and I mean even the like the first character I ever made was the opposite of min maxing and it was probably one of the most fun characters I've ever had
2: well you
0: also didn't really know how to build a character that was literally your very first character you had ever built so you just made it straight from the player's handbook, minus the fact that it was a bone tiefling. Yeah. But you pretty much made this character as basic as basic can be because, one, you didn't know how to play. You didn't know how to build characters. You had just gotten the book, what, like a couple days prior.
1: Yeah, so I literally just scanned through the book and was like, you know what, I like the idea of the the Beastmaster Ranger. I read it and I realized the action economy in the as it is in the PHB is just garbage honestly beastmaster ranger uh, in the php was just horrible Mm -hmm. and the unearthed arcana kind of opened that up because it made the um companion kind of their own being
2: yeah
1: and it kind of falls in line with later on there's a uh, uh is it is it one of the newer books that's out by wizards of the coast or by someone else that that it has followers and minions kind of in it. And they act more like that in the Unearthed Arcana than they did in, you know, the PHB where it was like, you have to give up either your action or your bonus action every turn to just make them get that one attack. Or I just always found that that was kind of worthless. And I think I think it's also characters like that that you can kind of work with your DM. Mm-hmm. To, to build yeah and 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 just you know coming into just a random game you might not be able to get that it's better to have that dm you can work with
0: but yeah so my take on min maxers i strongly dislike them i have i feel hurt a just, just like a loathing for min maxers just because for me, I'm here for the story. I'm not here to see how strong I can make my character. I know how to make strong characters. You saw my my character, uh, Rasmus. He was what, level five, I think? And he already had like a 20, 22 AC. And he had, like his health was decently good. Like, I mean, he was like pretty tanky for a cleric like just a cleric so I can make strong characters but even if I did make a strong character most min-maxers are coming in from dark souls Mm -hmm. let me see how many things I can hit that's the min-maxer power gamer let me see how many things I can hit how many things I can kill in one session and god forbid you don't have a session where you kill somebody.
1: If you don't have combat, yeah, because they're bored and...
0: They get bored and they're like, well, I built my character specifically for this. And it's like, well, I told you during session zero that this is not that kind of campaign. Mm -hmm. You walked into this fully aware that this is a story-heavy campaign. And yet you still made a character that is built for fighting. I'm not going to come up with combat every session just to appease you, and then I know these kind of people the min max or power gamers are going to be the ty- the kind of people who want to instigate a fight
1: yeah that that does frustrate me whenever they're see the thing is i'm I'm an optimizer, so i I'm not the power gamer i'm a I look at things and try to make them as efficient as possible, and I know it's a problem but i can't it's almost like, like i can't help myself because mm-hmm. to me that's part of the game it's like how good can i make the character that i wanted to design cuz like my favorite character i've ever played um would probably be jodari mm-hmm. and in the subsect of character design that i i chose for him which is kind of like a a skill monkey who can kind of Act on his own as either, you know, the rogue spy or the magic enthusiast who's trying to figure out how things work.
0: He's a jack of all trades.
1: He's a jack of all he is the literal definition of a jack of all trades. And now that there's artificer, I have to change the whole design. But the idea for that character actually comes around that optimization. I wanted somebody who is a skill monkey, and a jack of all trades. I want somebody who is really good at stuff like that. He falls behind in combat because I chose not to specialize him in combat. I I feel like I'm kind of trying to be the defender for min-maxers right now because I am one of those people, but I'm an optimizer. I want to make my character the best that they can be And I design characters kind of around a concept I have. And I try to make the best out of the concept. And so, yeah, I I mean, right now I'm running a character that is the most powerful character I've ever come up with off the top of my head. And he's what? uh, Hexblade. Yeah, he's a Hexblade Warlock. A paladin and a sorcerer and the idea is that on his own he can heal himself he has ridiculously high AC and the amount oh and he's an asimar too so his Nova damage and you know that that one subsect he puts out so much damage in that one little bit of time that the idea is he's kind of a one-man army mm-hmm. but the idea when I made the character was He's a one-man army. Like, I want him to be, like, that godly general. Or, like, the angelic, you know, warrior that comes down. And that was what I was thinking of when I envisioned the character. And then I optimize for it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But at the same time, I enjoy the story. So, I have an idea of how this character is going to be. I have an idea of, like, you know, how he's going to interact with the world. I chose Oath of Vengeance, not only because of the ability it gives you, but also just because of the tenets in it. I I love the idea that he is like this angelic Avenger, and he is trying to right the wrongs and smite the evils of the world. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope that that kind of comes through in the character when I'm playing him. Right now, though, it doesn't feel like that because every time I try to do something good, I end up messing up. Mm, this is true. But I I believe there's different kinds of min maxers And, yes, there are some who are literally the power gamers. And even I find them a little frustrating mm-hmm. because you know that they're here for 100% the mechanics of the game.
0: Yeah, they just hear the crunch numbers.
1: Yes, crunch numbers and play Dark Souls mm-hmm. in D&D. And it is 100%... If that's their thing, they need to be playing like, what is it? Warhammer. No, Warhammer or what was it? West Marches?
0: Yeah, they need to play like a West March style kind of game where pretty much, you know, where it's like a bunch of one shots, if you will, a bunch of side quests, you know, oh, go to the tavern, get this side quest, go do this. Go to the tavern, get this side quest, go do this. You know, it's just a bunch of killing after killing. And I don't mind that kind of game style. I've never technically played in something like that. And again, I am pretty much almost a forever DM, so a uh, chance of me ever actually getting to play in something like that, very slim to none. But that's not my kind of game. I would, I, I do like rolling dice, don't get me wrong. I I very, very, very much enjoy I enjoy the possibility of, okay, well, you know, my character has an 18 in intelligence and they're a wizard. You know, let me roll an arcana. Obviously, I optimize for that. Obviously, I try to make, you know, to make my intelligence checks passable. You know, magic. I'm a magic caster, so obviously I'm going to need intelligence, right? There's a high level of min-maxing, and then there's a very low level of min-maxing. Min-max for the story, or min-max for combat considering that i don't min max for combat you know i i can get where you're coming from you know where you say like you're you're just there mostly to optimize to build for the story itself yes when you fight you'll be able to beat something up but in a situation where you know you can go like hey you know i need um I need to have my character who is you know pretty much an aasimar or whatever do something that involves religion you have a high religion check and so you'll be able to do it mm-hmm. that's fine but again there's the high level mid max and there's a low level where people are mostly just kind of coming in wanting to play Dark Souls wanting to have combat almost every other session and I hate that because for me, that takes the fun out of the game. And that's why in our previous session, you know, where we had the whole session zero, you know, conversation, we talked about screening players and screening DMs. You might have a DM who only wants to do a lot of combat, but you came in for role play. A session zero, that DM should tell you this. This campaign... Or this mini campaign, this dungeon crawl, whatever. is going to be mainly about combat. And that's it. Because at that point, you can decide whether you want to stay and play. And if you do, are you still going to play your character? Or are you going to make a new one that'll better fit the story and better fit the group?
1: Yeah, That that comes down to a lot, though, of the desperation to play. I feel a large portion of time that it's got to be like there's one DM out of every 20 players or something like that. I mean, or more. Yeah, no,
0: we had that conversation the other day.
1: And I really believe that some players are just so desperate to play, they will play anything. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that those same players aren't willing to work with the DM to fit into the campaign. Mm-hmm. They want to play their, their min-max build, like you're talking about. That's not optimized you know, for the character of the story, it's just optimized for combat. And then they find out, oh, wait, this is, you know, an intrigue game. There might be some combat, but a lot of it's going to be political interactions, investigations, and, you know, searching for lore, a lot of skill checks. Mm -hmm. And they are running, you know, some fighter barbarian thing that is... Their
0: really only use is combat.
1: Yeah. I can hit things a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that... god that really it it sucks that that's the dynamic that we're stuck with but until more people want to come in and DM instead of play play, it's I mean that's just the way it is we're kind of
0: stuck with that you know and the thing is you know kind of like I would say kind of going backwards towards our session zero I am the DM that I don't really like to accommodate and I know that that is a very, very, very touchy thing. Like, people are going to get very mad because I said this. I do not like to accommodate to players.
1: I think that makes sense, though, because they're coming to your table and you're offering to run a game, you know, basically that they can come into. Mm-hmm. The DM is the central person of the story. I, I feel like the DM holds 50% of the table. They do. Like, the player, the players are 50% of the table combined but the dm by themselves they're the other half of the world mm-hmm. otherwise you only have three walls to it and because the the whole story the, the part that you don't know is behind the dm mm-hmm. they're all the npcs they're the the world that you know that's evolving around you that isn't just sitting in your head Mm -hmm. you know they're they're the unknown and without them i really think the game kind of falls apart so i also believe that the person who's running the game is if they're not enjoying the game if a dm is not enjoying the game that is basically the end of that game Mm -hmm. because sooner or later no matter how much they want to keep trying for either their friends or for these people that they've met, there's going to come a point where they go, I really don't like this game. I'm not really going to put much effort into it. Mm -hmm. And as long as the DM is enjoying themselves, a game can continue on. I mean, the players might nitpick at some things, but they're still getting to play. Mm -hmm. They're still more than likely still having fun. And there might be that one player that they want more combat and they keep trying to force it by like purposely getting into situations Mm -hmm. that could probably get the party killed Mm -hmm. just so they could get combat. And they're wanting the accommodation. And at the same time, a large portion of the time, they don't want the real world consequence of, you know what, the guard comes up because you started a tavern brawl and you're going to have to spend a night in the brig. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, nah, this, I'm going to punch the guard and get into a fight with him." Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, it was a regular town guard and he had 20 hit points and you hit him twice and killed him because you're the barbarian. Oh my God. Now there's, you know, the rest of his squad showed up. It's mm-hmm. now the barbarian and maybe the party. If they felt like jumping in, which I'm not going to, if you oh, were stupid, no, I would not. <laughs> And, you know, now the rest of his squad shows up, and there's six. it's you versus 16 people. 5e Action Economy says, you're not walking out of there. Mm-hmm. And if your character dies, you kind of brought that on yourself. It's a real-world consequence. It's like if you get into the a fight with the, the police, and they at some point feel that their life is in danger, and they are forced to use deadly force, that was at, at that point on you. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, in the game, those same consequences can apply.
0: Yeah, that kind of, like, goes back to our other episode, our character death episode. You know, where we did talk about that, like, your actions have consequences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the min-maxer, the power gamer, who wants to pretty much only be there for combat and instigating, you know, problems, when... When their problems come back to bite them in the butt, they get mad. They get mad and they're like, well, you can't do this to me. You know, I have plot armor. No, you don't. Nobody has plot armor. There are some DMs who will 100% not kill a player.
1: That drives me nuts.
0: That's fine. If that is how you want to run your game, that is perfectly fine. But actions have consequences just because you came at a sleeping dragon and punched it in the face does not mean that dragon is going to let you go.
1: You know, at the same time, it's like there's a story I read on Reddit and it was about someone who had an air croaker ranger, I think is what they were. And they were fighting up high in the sky shooting bow. And I don't think they had reached, I don't think they'd reached level four yet because it wasn't optimized for sure they were close enough that the enemies were able to shoot long bows and magic attacks and stuff at them Mm -hmm. and they got hit and the dm rightly so i think was making them roll um uh was it deck saves or something I can't remember what it was, but they were making them roll something so that when they got hit, were they able to maintain flying, mm-hmm. and also were they able to? That's
0: a con save for me. I think it was.
1: I think it might have been a con save. Were they able to stop, you know, from it hitting their wing or something? Yeah. And they crit failed, and the DM was like, "Well, it hit one of your wings. You start spiraling out of the sky. Now, it didn't kill the character outright." But it damaged their wings so much that they weren't able to fly until they got. Because uh, I know they weren't high enough to have a restoration or whatever. He needed to be able to heal the wing. The wing mm-hmm. was damaged. Yeah. And it would take a certain amount of sessions. They rolled for it and all that stuff. The character was pissed because the, the DM dared to harm their character in a functional way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you have giant open wings in combat. You are flying above as a single creature, flying above this melee, and they're ranged attackers. Who do you think is the biggest threat? It's obviously the person with the high ground. Mm -hmm. That would be the person I would think anyone would be like, okay, we probably need to take that guy out.
2: Obi-Wan had the high ground.
1: Yeah. Well, Obi-Wan had the high ground, (laughs) and someone tried to jump up there, and it made a horrible decision. Uh, But yeah, no. Um... I think that the DM was justified in that. And, mm-hmm. and I think it was a realistic action. Now, if I had made that character, I would have purposely stayed as far away as I could. Mm-hmm. Because I I know I'm going to get targeted.
0: Oh, You did that um, during the end of the dungeon crawl. You got on your broom of flying. Yes. And you went. Like, what, 50 feet in the air?
1: And then, yeah, and you had given me the bow that if I had seen my target recently, yeah. it had seeking arrows. Yes. And I hid behind the uh, pillar while flying and was shooting seeking arrows at him. Mm-hmm. Because I'm smart enough to know that someone who can put out, like, was it 200-plus damage? I'm He, yeah. he could have one-shot me. Oh, he could have. Oh, straight, straight up. No, like, no question at all he could have one-shot Jodari. But... I wasn't chancing that yeah (laughs) and i had just got he had just gotten the eye and so yeah no i um i i I played tactically i i literally cannot not play tactically unless i play a stupid character so when i was playing jodari i'm using a lot of my knowledge from basically my own personal knowledge in the character, mm-hmm. I, I built a character, like, when I build characters that I'm going to make powerful in some way, I have a reason for them to have the knowledge they do. Mm-hmm. Because I f- I'm with you on the note of the metagaming, where people are using knowledge outside of the game, in the game. I understand the frustration with that. It's
0: like playing Curse of Strahd and everybody's, you know, a group of paladins and clerics. Yeah. That's yeah. metagaming. That
1: is way... Wh- cuz like when I when I did when we did curse strat, I knew from the get-go that radiant damage was the thing. Yeah. And it was where you should go and I purposely went no, and I made a monk. I made a monk sorcerer, I think, if I remember correctly.
0: Was I don't it? remember you casting any magic, but I do remember you being a monk. I played a drow wizard. I'm
1: trying to remember. Who
0: specialized in necromancy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like the opposite of what you should have done.
0: I know, right?
1: <laughs> and we still wiped the floor with Strahd at the end. Yeah. I mean, just totally beat the crap. But then, when, again, you had a monk wielding the sun sword. That's sure, So it was a little broken.
0: Well, I mean, the sun sword was, you know, the point of it.
1: Yeah. I like that other thing that they that we we found the holy. I don't know. Okay, yeah, we're we we're, we're, we're giving spoilers. Stop giving spoilers. <laughs> if you haven't played Curse of Strahd yet, do it. It's a fun game.
0: Yes, I, I'm actually planning on running it because I I love I love it. That means that would be Sunday's game, Tuesday's game. I've already played one, and then if I run one. That would have been four times. You I, I love that game so much. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh my God. I it's a it so very
1: much. it's a very well- thought- out Can't mod. Like, yeah I like... oh
0: my God, I love it. like it's beautiful. But yeah, anyways, so kind of like shifting away from the power gamer. That's what you we're to. going to talk about um the murder hobos. mm. Mm-mm. That is everybody's absolute favorite, and I say this with sarcasm kind of player.
1: They are my second least favorite character. There's one I'm pretty sure is on this list that I I cannot stand, but Murder Hobo is very high on that list.
0: Mm, I I would have to say Murder Hobo is very high. Like that that is probably my second as well. I w- I would say my least favorite is the pervert.
1: Yeah, that's probably mine too.
0: But yeah, so Murder Hobo For people who don't know what a murder hobo is, that is the player slash character who pretty much kills anything in sight. And that kind of, I don't know, to me it kind of also goes with, like, power gamers. I I wouldn't say min-maxers, but power gamers. Definitely the power gamers. Because a lot of them are just like, how many people can I kill? But then again, the power gamers at least understand civilian versus enemy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: murder hobo is more or less you know and I mean it. There, there could be different kinds of ways that you play murder hobo but the most typical way that people play are the murder hobos who pretty much decide well this shopkeep wouldn't give me a discount so I'm going to kill him oh this tavern keep you know didn't accept my flirting so I'm going to kill them Oh, this child looked at me cross eyed. They might have actual cross eyes, but they looked at me cross eyed.
1: I'm gonna kill I'm
0: going to kill them. Yeah. And you know that goes into like, you know, with the whole thing, like punching the guard in the face. You have no reason to punch this guard in the face, but you did. And because you know that you are strong enough to kill him, you did. And now you have this whole town coming against you. And now your sole purpose is to destroy everybody in this town. Why? Or, you know, hey, I'm walking in the woods and there's this guy with a cart and he offered to give me a ride. Safe passage through the woods. But I'm going to kill him and I'm going to take his cart because he has something that I want. And because I don't want to, you know, take the time to actually talk to him about the item that he could have possibly given me. I'm just going to straight up kill him. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand murder hobos. Like, and that's something I, session zero, I always tell people who come into the game, I will not allow murder hobos. You murder hobo and I will murder hobo you back.
1: You know, always, people are always like, you know, talking about the, like the mid-maxers. I mm-hmm. like, I'm the most powerful, you know, I'm, I build the most powerful character at the table. You know, the people who aren't optimizers they're the power gamer yeah they build the most powerful character at the table. I was like there is no one more powerful than the Dib. yeah because they can build whatever they want there's no rules for them
0: exactly like you could have built a level 15 uh coffee lock and i know those are strong oh my god i know those things can decimate pretty much anybody but all i had to do is throw a tarasca at you you piss me off that much, I will throw a Tarask at you. Like don't you, you don't screw around like that. If if your DM specifically tells you I don't want a murder hobo in my game, just don't do it.
1: What I like I've been trying to come up with a way to combat that actually that might help someone and the thing that I came up with is you get karma dice. And what a karma dice is is that when people do actions that are I guess horrible Mm -hmm. in the game you start giving them a karma dice and it's basically like reverse inspiration Mm -hmm. so you don't tell them you're giving them to them you'd be like hey this is a mechanic in my game i'm going to start assigning them whenever you do it you don't you don't tell them though so they it kind of makes them not make really bad horrible decisions and it feels like a set of controls, but at the same time, sometimes there are characters or players you have to control Mm -hmm. because otherwise they will do horrible and stupid stuff. Yeah. But, like, the guy who's, like, I'm going to... A guy who's playing a thief, and let's say he's, like, I'm going to steal from the shop or whatever. I don't see that as so far outside, you know, what he was going to do. But if a guy's playing a paladin... And he's like chaotic good or whatever. And he's like, I'm going to steal. It, it's kind of like you have to choose what characters. It, 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 it's a way to punish them without shifting their alignment. Mm-hmm. And it's a way to mechanically punish them. Because usually murder hobos are mechanical players. Mm-hmm. They're, they're people who are there for the aspect of I'm finding stuff and killing it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think by having the karma dice and making them basically have disadvantage on the most important roles that they need it reinforces the idea that hey i'm not allowing this at my table mm-hmm. end of discussion and there's i i just I, I really believe that that is a way to nip something in the butt in game mm-hmm. as well as you need to talk to those people out of game and say hey i'm not allowing it mm-hmm it's just it's it's not happening, and if they think they can keep trying, because what will happen is you talk to people out of the game, and it registers
0: good for like a session. Yes, or two.
1: it registers out of game; they'll be good for, session, but they haven't had in-game consequences. They haven't had consequences to their action. It's just only been the talking to. Mm-hmm. You need something that that karma dice is is what I think it is. Like you are sitting there and they're. Trying to steal from the king in front of the whole royal court. And you're like, obviously, that's not going to work. Or they try to murder someone in broad daylight. And they're like, well, if I kill him fast enough, no one's going to notice. Okay. They do it, or they go to do it. And they're like, oh, I have advantage on this. And I'm like, actually, you have disadvantage. I'm invoking the karma dice. Mm-hmm. So they go and do the attack. And disadvantage they might roll crap mm-hmm. and then at that point you have some very probably horrible in game consequences come down on the head
0: I don't know I am on the fence about in game consequences to that degree I like the idea of karma dice just as a just as something to do in the game just in general but I kind of feel like that's just targeting people at that point.
1: Well, it's a if it's a problem player. Then, yes, you're targeting but them. But the <laughs> thing
0: is, I don't agree with in game consequences like that.
1: Oh, okay, That's what you're saying. I I, I
0: don't I don't like that. I feel like you just should just be an adult and talk to this person about it. Be like, look, like if even if I have to stop this mid session. And pull this person to the side and be like, "Hey, look, I really don't appreciate the way you're acting. You know, this is not how I run my games. If you're gonna continue, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave." I feel like that is more than enough. I shouldn't have to purposely go out of my way to implement a new rule or make up something just to affect the one character,
2: mm-hmm.
0: because now everybody at the table is going to go, "Wow, you know." Bob number one did something so bad that now all of us are affected by it. That's not fair. And I agree with that. I wouldn't want to have a group punishment because of the individual.
1: Well, no, the the karma dice no, is only I, I, for that player. I'm aware,
0: but that's still, you have now implemented a new rule that is going to be implemented to the entire table. If anybody acts up, I'm giving you karma dice. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that,
1: but you don't, it, it's it's a dm discretion thing it's it's if someone is the problem child
0: understandable, but as I said, I do not agree with it. your opinion, you can like it all you want I as the d m
1: do don't. not agree with it oh okay i under I understand what you're saying, but I'm just like I'm just trying to toss that out there in case somebody might want to use it in theirs
0: no, that's fine, but they also have to take into consideration the other side.
1: Where people are going to be, people are very easily offended nowadays.
0: It's not even that because I know that if, like, it's a good thing to have just in general. You know, having karma dice like, oh, hey guys, you know, I have this new system that I was thinking about running. You know, there's these karma dice. If you do something, you know, really dumb in character that could cause, you know, harm onto somebody else, you know, the group or whatever, you're going to get. A karma dice—that's pretty much a de-inspiration, and that is an automatic disadvantage, even if you have advantage, because now you're addressing it to the group as kind of just a a new kind of homebrew thing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: versus going, "Hey, so Bob one really really fucked up, and I don't like it."
1: So this so is what I'm doing.
0: This is what I'm doing, and now everybody has to to oh to no. the disadvantages of this one person. So if anybody acts up if anybody decides to follow in his footsteps and do something stupid, you're all going to get punished for it. And
1: but yeah, that's that's that session session zero, that's a session zero thing. That's that's something you bring in from the beginning. Well, obviously. Or you introduce into your game mid-game after you've talked to everybody. You don't just do it.
2: Well, obviously.
1: Usually you're going to have the support of you did that twice anyway. You usually you're going to have the support of some other players at the table who are frustrated. By the Murhobo, and as I said, the way I view the table, the DM has fifty percent of the table. Mm-hmm. So if the DM and a player, another player or two, are on your side, at that point, I mean that's majority. And I know I'm not all for the tyranny of the majority and all that stuff, but in the game, sometimes that just how the cookie crumbles. I don't
0: know. I like I said, I'm just of the per, of the mindset. Just talk to the person. I know. And if they continue acting up, then boot them. Because of the simple fact that this person, if you have had to implement this new idea into the game, this person clearly has been an issue prior to and has not listened. Yeah. So at that point, if you need to implement this new rule, this this new dice system, you should just kick the player. Because you know they're going to have, they're going to get... The consequences, and then when you actually utilize these dice, they're going to get mad, and it's going to end badly, because that player is going to go, "Oh, this isn't fair! I can't believe you would do this!" Like, no, 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 it is fair because I did address it to the group. Everybody agreed. Well, I didn't agree. Yeah, but you know, majority rules.
1: I guess this is this is coming with that uh, that male privilege kind of thing, because me being me, and I guess just dealing with dudes, I'm the kind of person who would just be like. You know what this was your chance like the fact that i had to even issue these to you obviously is part of the problem mm-hmm. i mean that then again this is also coming from the manager side of you know going to college and learning about management and learning about uh reward and punishment that is one of the things you do is you give them that verbal warning and the verbal warning is like hey you know i, I don't do this in the game that's your session zero and then you set up your punishment system on your session zero, which would've been the karma dice. And as you go along, you're like, hey, you know, maybe you should maybe you should call them out and be like, all right, that's something that I think is karma dice worthy.
0: No, because I feel like it, you can say like, look, because you gotta think, if you don't have to implement the karma dice for a long time, say you're running a session for a year and you play weekly, if you haven't had to implement these karma dice in six to eight months. They're probably going to forget about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Unless you are addressing this every single session. Don't forget about the karma dice. And you have it. Don't forget about the karma dice. Don't forget about it. Don't forget about it. They're going to forget.
1: No, the, I and mean then, players then, normally forget about stuff that happens in the campaign and that's important. Anyways. Then they're going
0: to get in trouble. And then when you know this this. These dice rolls get implemented. They, they will remember at that point. Oh my God, I messed up this bad. I'm going to get these dice. Again, It. I feel like if you have to get to that point, just boot that player.
1: And that's that's just a different in management philosophy. Because. Like, it really is. Because you're one of those people who is like. I'm
0: very direct.
1: You, you would you know, that first or second time you'd fire someone. Mm -hmm. I'm the, I'm the kind of person that
0: you're a three strikes, you're out kind of person. Three
1: strikes, you're out kind of person. Yeah. I would give them the verbal warning and tell them about the, the dice. They get to deal with the dice. And then on the last, you know, the last strike is going to be, you're out of the game or I never invite you to the table again.
0: Mm So, no, me, I would, if I were to implement these dice, I would let them know, session zero, hey, you know, I was thinking of having this new idea, blah, blah, blah. Because nobody has decided to be a murder hobo yet. Nobody has decided to be a problem player yet. Mm -hmm. So now you are leaving this open to them. If they choose to misbehave in a way that is obtrusive to the party. Or the game in general.
1: Or in... Opposing to their character—that's another thing.
0: Well, I don't really care about opposing to your character. I really don't care about that. Just because, again, just, I'm playing a lawful good cleric. Just because she's lawful good doesn't mean that she's going to have a personal dilemma and do something completely different to what she would normally do.
1: I could see that, but but I'm saying there's some there's some times where you just you know that it's the player just wanting to do what they want to do.
0: Well, at that point. I I wouldn't. Even you know what?
1: You know what? You know actually, I think I might have just had a opposite
0: an opposing view to
2: your
1: opposing view to mine. I, you know what? I think it because it's it's the player wanting to play the character, and it's I mean if if you're playing in the game too, so at that point, I think it's fair that they should be able to make choices that are would normally oppose with the character because people every day do that.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like people base their characters off of this alignment. I don't believe in alignment. I've already addressed this in prior episodes. I don't believe in alignment at all. You want to come in and say you're neutral good? I don't care. Whatever. You could be chaotic evil. I don't care. Because at the end of the day, you're going to play your character how you want to play. If You could be lawful good and something's going to cause your character to become neutral. Mm-hmm. But it could just be that instance. Take the Pathfinder Kingmaker game. You start off as an alignment. Your actions in the game. Change your alignment. Yep. Nothing is static. So I don't care if you come in neutral good. And then now you're chaotic evil. I don't care. As long as you are not purposefully trying to ruin the game. That's all I ask. If I see... I will give everybody the first warning. I mean, if you wanna say three strikes for me, I will give everybody their first warning during the session zero. These are my rules. Then you're gonna get a verbal warning from me during the session if you do anything. If it is so obtrusive that I have other party members coming to me, other players coming to me going, I can't play with this person. I'm going to quit. I'm booting that player from the game. I am not giving you karma dice. I'm not giving you in-game consequences. You have become so much of a problem that you are ruining the game for everybody else. If this is a political intrigue game and somebody has decided to play the barbarian monk, Who's going to rage, flurry, blow everybody?
1: It was nice knowing you.
0: The group had already <laughs> said, hey, don't do this, please. Like, we can't play the game the way we want to with you punching everybody in the face.
1: But what about the. Because it happens. What about the murder hobo party?
0: If it's a murder hobo party in the group. The game, the DM as well agreed on this. I don't care.
1: No, no, no. I know I'm saying like not the DM. Like
0: if the DM specifically states DMs game, DMs rules. Mm -hmm. If the DM says I do not allow murder hobos and the entire group decide to become murder hobos, I will give you one warning. Session zero was no murder hobos session whatever we now have a party of murder hobos if there was no just cause for them to completely annihilate this town I will give you one warning this is your one and only warning
1: and after that the game's done the game's done Mm -hmm.
0: because at that point me ending the game you no longer have a game to be in
1: There's your punishment.
0: That is your punishment.
1: It's sad that you have to treat people like children. Like children. Like that's literally what it feels like.
0: People feel like they have plot armor that they have immunity. (laughs) Oh, the DM is not going to end the game because they don't have any other players. I can find so many other players. You have no idea. Mm -hmm. Go on to Facebook. Go on to the the D and D groups. Type in, I'm a DM looking for five players. I can bet you right now, you'll have 30 people in less than a minute messaging you. Yeah. Hey, so I heard you were looking for this, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? There goes my new five players. I don't need you.
1: Yeah, that is is what I was saying. It's it's a DM's world right now because there are at least 20 players for every DM. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's double that.
0: Oh, it is. Like, I'm telling you, especially now that, you know, I'm trying to segue, segue myself into being a paid DM. I can tell you right now, there's a market for this. Like, there's so many people out there who want a DM.
1: A good DM and a reliable DM. A
0: reliable DM. Like, I wouldn't say that I'm, you know any of the top tier as they would call it like what's his name from critical role matt Matt mercer
1: Mercer. i can't believe you have to say what's his name i
0: i don't watch it i I really don't i I have no interest in critical role or the other like (gasps) i know blasphemy right i really don't care about that that show at all it's completely boring to me but
1: is it because you're having to watch other people play
0: no I enjoy watching other people play. I literally don't enjoy the characters. I don't enjoy the story or anything.
1: Really? I really don't. I I do.
0: Like the little funny clips that they have, like I'll watch that mm-hmm. because, you know, it's like five minutes of just something humorous, but the entirety of the story, I hate it. I, I really just cannot vibe with it at all. And there's other people out there like me. I have met so many other people who just don't like Critical Role.
1: That's crazy because I, so I, 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 I like it. I can actually like, like I've, well, I think we've watched a couple episodes together.
0: I watched one and I fell asleep.
1: Oh, well, I've, I've watched a couple episodes and I actually, I can sit there and vibe with the episodes and I'm, I don't know. I think, I think going through the entirety of the episode, it's the same idea as reading, you know, how I like to read light novels Mm -hmm. instead of watching, you know, anime or whatnot, because it gives you the whole story. Yeah. And it builds the importance of the characters and stuff like that. I think it does. But yeah, I could see how just wanting to watch people just wanting to watch the funny clips. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are also of the age of everything is instant instant gratification. Yeah. We just did the thing again. (laughs) But,
0: anyways, (laughs) so kind of, you know, veering away from the murder hobo thing because I can go on and on about how much I hate them. Uh, we're going to go into the pervert so the pervert
1: my least favorite character
0: my least favorite I don't know like now that I talk about murder hobo like I just have my blood boiling right now like this whole topic just like ugh, I get so enraged and I hate everything about it and I can't stand these types of people
1: well yeah because you're, you're the forever DM
0: I am a forever DM so I have to deal with these type of characters and these type of people and I'm a no nonsense DM I will just kick you out of the game like plain and simple but oh my god just the pervert I cannot stand the pervert characters I cannot stand the pervert players that's something again during session zero that I tell them you know hey you can be a bard or whatever you can have a sexual character but i do not want a hyper sexual character i do not want that character who's going to be going around going oh look it's a tree with a hole in it let me f- it. look there's a barmaid let me f- it. look there's a bartender and it's a man let me f- it.
1: or the character who's like you got some nice and just sitting there just like fill trying to fill up on the barmaid and they want want you to not only describe what's going down, but they want you to be like just okay with them basically molesting your NPC. Yeah, like
0: I I, <clears throat> I can't stand that. Like there there's no reason for the vulgarity. If the, that's the kind of game you want to be in and you have a bunch of friends who are okay with that, whatever. You guys are weird, but whatever. You do you. But I will not allow something like that at my table. It makes me uncomfortable, and I'm fine with sexual content. I don't have an issue with it, but I am the person that's like, okay, you know, I want to seduce this person because you have a reason.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: I'm going, I, I'm, I'm a rogue, uh, whatever, and w- with like disguised self. Like you're a bard rogue, and you're really, really good at you know, uh, what is it? What is that impersonating or whatever you know disguise deception self, deception you're really good at that kind of stuff so you can utilize that trick this person into sleeping with you getting information
1: or s- stealing their coin purse <laughs>
0: stealing their coin purse like doing something that is actually beneficial i'm fine with that but i do not want to have to be like okay well player you're seducing the barmaid what are you gonna do now like oh well you know can you describe how she looks like how tall she is how big she is like this 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 okay well i'm gonna roll to seduce okay well, will roll you roll you roll nat 20 or really high this person you know rolls low so obviously now they're entranced by you you take them upstairs and then it's like i'm rolling for size i'm rolling for performance now, i'm rolling i hate it i
1: understand your frustration with that. If someone does it as a joke, like says it as a joke.
0: No, if it's a joke, like if it's a one-off, oh yeah, I'm going to do this and everybody kind of giggles at it.
1: It's funny. I'm
0: literally going to laugh and then I will kind of just brush it away. I am going to skip the conversation entirely you're not rolling for anything we're just going to say okay cool you seduce this person you took him upstairs fade to black
1: I'm a, I'm a fan of fade to black personally
0: but if that person <coughs> is like no 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 i i really like i really really want to roll for this and i want to see this 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 this, this. no
1: hmm.
0: i'm not doing that that makes me uncomfortable and like our consent episode yeah session zero when we when we talked about consent That's a no, the DM has a right to say no if they are uncomfortable. The players have a right to say no if they are uncomfortable. You don't have to be a part of the situation to say no because player A, the hypersexual whatever, could be like, oh, I'm going to do this, 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 and I'm gonna have an orgy. And another player could not be a part of this but just doesn't want to hear about it, it's okay for them to be like, look, can we skip this? Like, I, I don't want to hear about this. I'm uncomfortable. Now, if the entirety of the group is like, no, you know, blah, 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 then you as a player probably realize like, I just, I, I went into the wrong group.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And you can talk to the DM and the group about it. And if it doesn't change, just leave plain and simple. But I mean, as a DM, it's difficult to leave. Because this is your table. This is your game. And now you're just gonna have a bunch of people go, like, oh, well, you know, I'm 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 gonna seduce this person and I'm gonna seduce this person and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that, and you know, I'm gonna roll for size and this, 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 and it's like it's aggravating, it's childish. I don't find anything humorous about it. It's like you and I were having this conversation yesterday when I was talking about how um who was it? What what was the actual conversation about? I don't even remember. My my brain just like just blanked out. Oh, we were talking about um uh jokes about the male anatomy. And I was like, I don't find humor in that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I was like, there's to me, I don't find any kind of humor. Like, granted, there are some kind of jokes. Like I, I, I enjoy the crude joke now and again, don't get me wrong. I even I even I will say them and I am a female I enjoy crude jokes but then there's just a point where the joke's not even funny anymore
1: or where they keep writing the joke
0: yeah or they just keep writing the joke and it's like okay cool like you you've you've done this the skit like six seven times already mm-hmm. can we do something new can we uh you know kind of skip on move, move away from this because this isn't funny anymore But because you goaded that person on, you you let it happen the one, two, three times. Now, you know, that person thinks like they can just continue on Mm -hmm. without, you know, without repercussions. But then again, you're going to have those DMs and players who are like, well, let me punish them in game. Let me, okay, cool. You want to roll to seduce the dragon? Well, it's a male dragon. So now you're getting mounted. That's not funny to me.
1: I know it's not funny to you. But
0: it's to me. It's just as crass as the player. You're literally instigating this person now. You are allowing their actions, which you do not approve, to dictate of, your actions. To dictate yours, and then that at that point, to me, makes you a bad DM
1: mm-hmm.
0: because you're you're letting this you're person, supposed to be
1: above and beyond the get, player. You
0: know, like how they tell you at school. If somebody's, you know, coming up to you and making fun of you, you don't need to respond. You can walk away from the situation. There's no reason for you to stoop to this person's level. And that's what a lot of DMs do these days as retaliation. I'm going to retaliate against this person by pretty much giving them a taste of their own medicine. That's probably what this person wanted. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they, they succeed Because they got you to do something that you didn't want to do that you were uncomfortable with. I'm just like, pervert, no.
1: Just not going to deal with it.
0: I'm not going to deal with it. Session zero, I already tell them you can play a sexual character. I don't care. But we are not having sex scenes. We are not describing anything. We are doing fade to black. You will roll to seduce, but you must have a reason to seduce this person. I do not want to hear, okay, well, where's, you know, X character? Oh, well, you know, they just walked out from behind the alley, zipping up their pants and, you know, smirking and blah, 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 blah. I don't want to hear that. I I, I don't care about your sexual exploits. This isn't, you know, your kinky hour. You want to do that? You run your own campaign and you have as much sexual stuff in it as you want.
1: I think even Mercer has Fade to Black.
0: So I, not- I
1: can't remember, but... I, th- I think even he does, and he lets Scalin and all them visit whorehouses and stuff like but that. But
0: that's fine. Like in, in in our evil campaign, Ace Taldon, your character owns a, a brothel. brothel.
1: Yeah. I'm okay it's with that. Very high class, though. It has to be important.
0: But it doesn't <laughs> matter. At the end of the day, it's still a brothel. <gasps> I, I am okay with that. But if another player was like, cool, I want to go in there and I want to, you know, buy one of the the girls for the night cool well then you buy the girl for the night have a nice night and we'll fade to black Mm -hmm. that's it we will skip to the next person in line and we will continue on with whatever but I am not going into detail about anything because there's no reason to this isn't for you to live out your sexual fantasies there is plenty of websites for that go ahead and take your pick do that on your own free time but not on my time.
1: You know, this sounds childish, but I've always thought because I'm—I am the person I—I I, I will stoop to other people's level, and I don't mind doing it. I know you do. I know, and I'm the kind of person who I've always wanted for them to like try to pick up the barmaid or something, and then then the follow the barmaid to the room, mm-hmm. and when they open the door, it's the dude from Dateline. Oh. <laughs> Why don't you sit down with me? <laughs> did you know that she was 14 okay <laughs> just see, just that, to be like
0: that i'm not gonna lie that that's funny i would get a kick out of that because but that's the thing you're stopping that right there
1: oh yeah i'm cutting you're, it off you're the literally past.
0: cutting it off at that point that that to me that's kind of like a fade to black you uh, know yeah it, it you're you're just stopping the situation in a funny humorous way but as i said going to their level as in, okay, well cool, you roll to do this, well this person Oh you revert
1: you're trying to reverse it. That on them.
0: I d I don't approve of that. I don't find anything humorous about it. I think it's childish. And I mean if that's if you want to be in a game like that, if you're a DM who runs a game like that, good on you. I'm happy if that makes you happy.
1: You know, but
0: I have no interest in that kind of stuff.
1: You know, it's sad because players tend to you're enacting your fantasy mm-hmm. but also sometimes you're it's an outlet for frustration mm-hmm. and I sometimes feel like the oversexual person is being obvious about the fact that they're pent up mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's a nice way to phrase it. I feel bad for that player on one end but also on the other end I'm like Please don't take your frustrations out on me I don't want to deal with it.
0: Not a lot of them are like that. We've had a player who was very, very open about their sexuality and their sexual exploits. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I, I don't care what your sexual orientation is. I don't care what you identify as. If you're a decent person and you're at my table, you're welcome. That's it.
1: Just don't be an indecent person. Just
0: don't be indecent. I do not. Then again, I also grew up in a house that was, that we, we, we have morals, if you will. But anyway, so, you know, pervert characters, they're, they're, they're bothersome.
1: Character slash player.
0: Players as well. But, you mm-hmm. know, they're, they're bothersome. You have those people who just want to live out their sexual fantasies or people who just want to be overly sexual. They are overly sexual in life. And so they want to be overly sexual in the game, even if it makes other people uncomfortable. And then if you talk to them about it, well, that's just what my player would do. No, that's just you being ignorant. In another pretty much a nice way to say, it's just you being ignorant. You being ignorant of other people's feelings. Yeah, well, what about my feelings? What about your feelings? You're making the entire group uncomfortable.
1: You're being that creepy guy at the party.
0: Yeah, you're being that guy in the trench coat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't be that guy in the trench coat. I should put that on a shirt. Don't be that guy in the trench coat. But yeah, just don't be that guy in a trench coat. Like, you're you're creepy. Nobody likes you. Just stop it.
1: it that makes Get some help. Get get some help. Does that mean the next character is going to be the edgelord character? Because it should be. Because we're talking about the creepy guy in the coat.
0: (laughs) Oh, I mean, that's actually like a whole different topic. But, I mean, we can actually kind of merge it. Um, But, anyway. So, kind of going off from the perfect character, we have the main character wannabe. Mm Mm-hmm. That is the kind of character who is heavily focused on being... The best. And yep. I'm, I'm just... I'm hearing that song. You're the best around.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they they, they... they literally act like that egotistical child who believes the world revolves around them. hmm And you can tell that person very quickly when... Like, if the session did not focus around actions that their character were doing, or if they did not get to do a lot that session they have a sour mood. Though it's nice to ride along with that one character and know everything, you know, from their perspective, it's also enjoyable to see from other characters' perspectives about how they interact with your character mm-hmm. or how their actions might change things for this other character. I literally there is one person that always sticks in my mind that's like this. But it's always got to be me, me, me mm-hmm. and if it's not I feel they kind of ruin the session for everyone else because they because they they make they, they, they make the they bring the mood down in the session because it's not revolving around them, and I feel that's unfair. I really do, but I understand where some of them are coming from mm-hmm. because you're you're in this game, and a lot of them are probably players in video game or you know who come from video games, single player games,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so they're used to being that central central character. Yeah, but this isn't your Skyrim. That you're not here. This is like an MMO. This you're is,
0: not the Dova King. You are not. You know survivor from fallout like this isn't your story
1: it's it's the group story Mm -hmm. and that's what a lot of people seem to forget Mm -hmm. and i truly believe that the best games are ones where the group comes together and the people you know realize the importance of all the people in the group Mm -hmm. and i think the players that. I feel that the players who try to be the, the main character want to be, they're actually taking from their own experience in the game by trying to be the best around. I know. I know. I knew you were going <laughs> it, It's hard to figure out a way to phrase it, but yeah, by, by trying to be the main character.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I read a lot of books mm-hmm. where there are multiple protagonists. And you get to see from their multiple perspectives. And I actually like those stories Mm -hmm. because you're there. Yes. As a player in the story, but you're also there as a viewer of the story. Mm -hmm. So though you may not be the person that the session, that session might revolve around, you're still riding along in this journey. And I've, I enjoy both sides of it. I enjoy my character being the focus of a session, but I also enjoy being the person in the background, getting to watch, you know, the growth and advancement of another person's character. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's more of a selfless trait or something. And I don't want to say that I I truly feel that the people who are, want to be the best around, God, it's going to be stuck in my head forever now. (laughs) Um, I feel that, they, have, they usually lean towards being very selfish. Mm-hmm. And it's just they're self-centered, self-focused. And it has to, as I said, they're egotistical and the world has to revolve around them. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to break people of that because usually that is an ingrained trait. Oh, yeah.
0: No, that is definitely ingrained. I mean, well, just imagine the kind of players who... Random example... You know, you're playing with somebody and they are not having fun because, you know, you're all, I don't know, like walking through the woods and this quest is about, you know, delivering a package of spice and that's it. That's literally all it is. You're just walking and delivering a package of spice and the... The walk could take a half a day. There's literally nothing to do except walk and deliver this.
1: And maybe talk to each other.
0: Maybe talk to each other. And that one main character wannabe is upset because the story is not pivotal to them. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not making an impact that single session. They have to be the one that's like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I have I been to this town before. Yes, you've been there. Well, then I want to cast teleport. I want to get there and drop this off. And then I want to go and find the next quest. And I want to do this. And I want to do that. Or you deliver this package of spice. And you're having this conversation with the, you know, the person who you had to deliver it to.
1: And it's and it's not that main player character. And it's not the main
0: it. play, you know, It's not the main character. And so, you know, the main wannabe. And he's sitting there watching, you know, the person who is better suited at conversations talk to them about this because this side quest can link up to the main quest mm-hmm. that person might have you know oh hey thanks for doing that i have this spy glass that you guys you know supposedly need it blah 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 like okay cool you might need to sweet talk this person into probably cutting you a deal But no, this main character wannabe is like, well, they're not talking to me, so I'm just gonna kind of walk around. Hey, DM, I'm gonna walk around, I'm gonna look at stuff. Hey, DM, what's going on here? Hey, DM, I'm gonna do this. Hey, DM, can I go over here and do this, and this, and this, and this? And it's like, okay, cool, I'll get to you in a minute. Let me finish this first.
1: Because it might be something pivotal to that other character. Yeah, it it could be that
0: person's story arc.
1: Yeah, this person's piddly, what you think is a piddly quest, there could be some importance to that character, mm-hmm. but because it's not about them, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it, it I find that extremely offensive because I always think about it this way. You are a guest at the DM's table, mm-hmm. and you are a guest of the group. So all of these people, they might be your friends or whatnot. I mean, they're usually your friends. Usually. I think that you need to be respectful of the people that you're playing with. Mm-hmm. I mean you should be respectful of.
2: People, Everybody. In people
1: in general. But that seems to be going the. You know way of the dinosaurs. Yeah. The way things are going. But I really think you should be respectful. Of the people at the table. And you know just enjoy. Sometimes it's, it's good to enjoy the scenery. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be. The center of the tension. center of the world. Sometimes it's good to watch, you know what's happening. Watch the center of the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I wish those, I wish those players would understand that.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: no, I mean, you know, sometimes it's not, it's not even about that. Like, you know, those kinds of people, kind of going into, I guess you could say, like our session zero, where we kind of talked about. Making a character that kind of complements the group.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And also, you know, when we were talking about like the other player slash character tropes.
1: The, I think that was the, we the were talking maxer The
0: mid-maxer, about. you know, where you're making a character who is not suited for this, the, pretty much the entire campaign. Or the group in general. You know, you, you get upset. And you're like, well, I'm not happy, you know, with how my character is because my character doesn't work with this group. So I'm gonna make this new character. And then you make a new character that's almost exactly the same as the other one. You just reskinned it.
1: And then it doesn't work with the group.
0: And then it doesn't work with the group. And so two, three sessions later, you're six new, six new characters in.
1: Is this a new character trope? Cause I don't think this one is the main character one.
0: No, because the main character generally does that.
1: I mean, they might, but they I, I feel- They get upset
0: because they're not the center of attention. And so they think, Well, if I make a character that's better suited for this kind of situation that has come up a lot, then I'll be the center of attention because I can talk to them.
1: I treat that as a completely different uh, player trope. I think that that's called the revolving door.
0: Well, that is, but it it kind of revolves back to being the main character wannabe Mm -hmm. because you want to be the center of attention. You want to be the one who's in the middle of combat fighting everybody, or you want to be the one who is, you know
1: the best at intrigue the
0: best at intrigue you want to be the one that's best at this that's the main character i want to be you know the hero of the story and you guys are just my lackeys this is player and company
1: yeah yeah
0: you know so if you have to make 20 new characters to become the center the center of attention you'll do it because that's that's what you think would get you the attention that you feel you deserve. I don't
1: understand how that that would be fun, though, because you're not playing your character anymore. Because it, it's the player just wanting to to be the center of attention. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I have a hard time understanding like that kind of trope because I'm the person who I built this character and I want to live out their life. I'm, I'm, I'm living this different people, person.
0: A lot of people don't... Get invested in your characters. Yeah. Like, I get invested to a degree. Like, I will be sad if one of my characters dies. But I'm not going to be devastated over it.
1: Because that gives me an opportunity. You'll be devastated if another character dies, though. Because you had to kill Bao.
0: I, I killed your character. And I cried. Like, I, as a player, actually cried. Because it was devastating to me. My character, who was new... Barely knew yours for four days. Mm -hmm. But your character had left such an impact on her that having to put him down that way really, really hurt. Hurt me and it hurt the character. Mm -hmm. So, but the thing was, I was upset with you as a player because of what you did. That was a very stupid action. Granted, I had just done about a session prior, something extremely stupid,
1: but I literally copied your mistake. you basically. copied
0: my mistake you it cost you your life mm-hmm. but in a way, I wasn't mad because you played your character true to who he is, yep he was enraged, and he was like, "Big dragon, make me mad, I punch dragon so it was like, okay, you're stupid, but you did it. Mm-hmm. you punched a dragon
1: trust me when I, when i when it happened, I was like. I really wish I hadn't taken those levels in Barbarian because the way I was playing Barbarian was like it's a primal savagery kind of rage like because he was a tabaxi mm-hmm. and the way I was thinking about it was like he is now this animal who is either either in fight or flight mode and when I rage he's in fight mode mm-hmm. so it was he was going to town and either the dragon died or he died and my, my, my friends had me backed up and we
2: were too far you were
1: too far away and you guys you guys were trying to get me to help Mm -hmm. but i i played the character as i saw and even i was like man this is really stupid but it's the it is the character and that goes down to this is what my character would do Mm -hmm. i understand the frustration with that but there are times where even i'm like this is really what my character would do Mm -hmm. like I don't want to and you always get on me because I'm an extremely intelligent person Mm -hmm. and I always play stupid characters Mm -hmm. purposely so I don't I try my best not to metagame and I still end up somehow metagaming you always metagame I always metagame and (laughs) and I hate it I hate it. It's like when the monster manual... That's one of of my favorite things. Like, uh, the DM for the Tuesday game. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that he changes monsters because I don't know what they do. Yeah. Because otherwise, I have the monster manual basically memorized. Mm -hmm. And it sucks to have a monster show up and be like, Okay, well, I know it's weak against this and this. It's immune to this or it heals with this. So, I mean, I've got to be, like, purposely... Be like, okay, well, the character doesn't know that. But then there's moments where I'm just like, oh, but if I do that, these people are going to die. It's it's hard not to.
0: Oh, no. It, I know. Trust me. I, I'm fully aware of that. Um, But, yeah, no. Like, kind, kind of just going back to the main character wannabe. Your character was dying. I could have taken this moment to be like, oh, you know, I'm amazing and I'm this, 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 this. And I'm. Because I, I played a cleric. Mm-hmm. I did not let your character's death be overshadowed by anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a lot of stuff happening. Like, you know, two of our characters had, uh, two of the players had, like, characters, had confessed their love for each other.
1: Oh my god, that you makes know, me feel so bad for what happened So, next.
0: you know, there, there was a lot of stuff happening. One of the characters, this was like his story arc. So, you know, he he finally found love his uh pretty much the orphanage that he stayed in had gone missing like the people the people in there had gone missing like there was so much happening in his story arc that it could have been you know we could have literally forgotten about you and I was like hey you know j Bal is dying you know we need to do something we need to heal him and even if healing you, like we, it wouldn't have been able to work. We could have done resurrection, but you know, you didn't want that. So me, you know, thinking I was like, hey, I could make this moment about, you know, how amazing my character is, blah, blah, blah. But then I thought and I was like, but this is your character dying. This is a very important scene. I do feel like it had been kind of overshadowed
1: yeah there there were more uh, to even even there there, there, there were there there were important there were more
0: important stuff happening but i I feel like we as a group could have come together to say goodbye again i guess you could say say goodbye there there was a lot happening Mm -hmm. behind the scenes regardless but it was like in character it was just like I mean, especially because, you know, you're my husband. So I was like, you know, I can't just like, okay, cool. He's dying and just like leave your body there and just like peace out. It can't I, be like real life. I can't do that. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I, I can't do that. But it was like, you know, hey, like everybody's talking about like nobody's asking you what you want. Like nobody was like, oh, you know, what does Jay bow want? Like everybody's just like, oh, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And it's like, what does he want? What does Jay bow want? Again, this could have, I could have made this a big, you know, huge thing for, for my character, you know, asking the goddess for divine intervention and helping out and this, this, this. But I didn't. I literally was like, hey, let me focus on J Bal. This is his goodbye. Your character we are we had already established your character was gonna die. You were coming in with a new one. Mm-hmm. So it was like, let's give him, you know, a moment. And
1: you got to think, remember...
0: I had that moment with you. Mm-hmm. It was just me and you, or you and I, that's it. It was just us while well, everybody else was kind of exploring the ruins or whatever. and
1: Gallivanting about.
0: I pretty much was like, hey, you know, I'm sorry this happened, blah, blah, blah. Like, we had a little moment, and then I shanked you.
1: Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it's
0: like the best way and to I,
1: say and I, it. And, I, and, I, and, and he was thankful. Like, you got to think. j the way... His character is number one. He was he was a gladiator.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He was just trying. He the only thing he really was trying to do was just to get home, mm-hmm. back to his family, and the other thing was he was he was seeking his greatest rival or his best fight that mm-hmm. he could that he could have, and he basically had found it and mm-hmm. he had lost. So
0: it's like the oh my god! It's like the Orc in Skyrim.
1: Yes. I'll say have you Yeah, I actually never know what you're run talking in, about. Yeah. If you've
0: never run into the if you play Skyrim, wander through the woods just randomly. Don't don't do anything, just kinda wander into the woods. You will find an orc if you have not found him yet. I d I don't know what his name is, but he's pretty much like he's a chieftain or something. He like he lost his his group or whatever. He's pretty much an outcast and he's looking for his final battle. He was like, you know, he's like the, the gods have told me to come here. And, you know, a great warrior is going to send me off. Like, th- this is going to be my greatest battle. That was... And I will die with honor. And you fight him. And if you win, like, there, there's no, like, cut scene. There's no, he just dies like every other NPC. He just goes, ugh, and then that's it. But it's like, he gave you this. He gave you this moment of, you know... This is it. You're my you. You are my greatest battle. You
1: are my. You are the end. You are the end and for me. That was actually what I was going to say. Is I understand why the focus was not on his character because he was. That was the end of that story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And with the other two characters, it was like the beginning of a new chapter.
0: Yeah, sure. A very short chapter. A
1: very short chapter. <laughs> I am still horrified at what happened (laughs)
2: just
1: horrified so i i I understand that 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 his death was kind of like overshadowed and you got to realize for him his greatest moment had already passed Mm -hmm. so that his story had already climaxed and so now we were wrapping things up in his mind because he didn't want a new body. Mm-hmm. He had been born in this and the way he thinks he was born as a tabaxi, he will die as a tabaxi. That's that's just because I think the only way you guys could have brought him back was as a or I forgot, I know true I,
0: resurrection would give you your body back. Yeah, but a
1: resurrection
0: gives you a a body
1: or reincarnation or whatever it is yeah
0: i think it was reincarnation yeah yeah. reincarnation gives you a body
1: gives you yeah a random body and the thing was is like this is the body i was born with this is the body i die with that's just like how what he believes and so you know him dying like that broken and i love how it was like you gave him the final mercy and your name's mercy Mm -hmm. but you you killed him like that and he was just thankful for the that last bit of the journey that they had had, mm-hmm. and that was yes, at that moment that was a a main character moment. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is the the end of this story, the end of this era. Yeah, and even during that, I was still also myself very interested
0: oh i was very invested in this love story that was in this love story the back of oh my god <laughs> I yes was like hey hey uh bal can you die a little bit faster can you like die a little i bit really want to watch this like, and then and then when i
1: died i had to do the i had to do the the thing what was it you're
0: like like dying forever
1: yeah what is that what is that off of uh is that is it bill murray off of um
0: yes yes from zombie land
1: yes where he's where he's where like he
0: got <gasps> shot and he's just like <laughs>
1: I had to do that sound. I just, I, just, I love the, I love that scene, man. <laughs> and, but yeah, even, even with all that going on, I was still just like very invested in. In um, somebody else's story, because, yes,
0: you know, because it, it's nice to invest in other people's story.
1: You don't have to be the main character. You don't to have enjoy to be the, the story. main character.
0: You don't have to be the guy that's like, oh wow, your character died. Well, that sucks. Let's carry on. I have no interest in your character. Let's carry on. After all that, it was like they we were just gonna kind of. Well, I didn't say we. My character was like, every well, pretty much everybody else was like, hey, so what are we gonna do? Like, we need to go into this cave, blah blah blah. And I immediately was like, we're not gonna bury him.
1: Yeah, I actually, th- I was actually a little offended by that. I was like, you guys aren't even gonna like bury me or
0: yeah like anything? another just character was like throw him out in
1: the fucking let the carrion birds eat him no, birds. Pretty much like
0: another one was like <laughs> hey you know we, we could just leave him here like whatever and i was just like yeah but i mean he died like a warrior we should give him a warrior's funeral i was like can we make a pyre for him like he he, he deserves it and so we did and goodness freaking gracious like just thinking about it i want to cry because the dm was like yeah you know you guys are you guys built this real nice pyre for him and you know was it uh malice uh one of the tiefling warlocks he was like you know he, he he's like a firebolt or something in there he's like yeah and i'm just gonna like the pyre on fire he's like and as soon as you do that he's like it just erupts in this magical flame and it like completely completely incinerates him And a tree sprouts, like a big oak tree, fully grown, just sprouts. And I was like,
2: oh, that's
0: beautiful. And I'm sitting here, I had to turn my mic off, and I was crying. And I was like, I hate all of you so much. But it's like.
1: It was like the final gift from the goddess. But it's
0: like, it wasn't about me in that moment. Mm -hmm. It was about you. Yeah. Your character literally dying, like. That that was it. Now there are some characters that I'm just not invested in their death.
1: If they die, if they die, they die. If they
0: die, they die. (laughs) Like I'm gonna be like total Was it Dolph Lundgren? I think his name is. Yeah.
1: If he dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies.
0: (laughs) Like I'd just be just like that. Like okay, cool. Like your character died anyways because I'm just not invested in other people's characters. Like certain people's characters, I just don't really care because. I I just I you always kind of connect with uh, with another person's character unless you're the main character wannabe. Main character wannabe who's like I don't really care about anybody else's characters except my own. I only care about my end goal. I only care about being the one to kill the big bad. God forbid you kill a big bad instead of me. I said I want the killing blow. Why didn't you give it to me? I want that big bad weapon. I'm the only one who can wield it well there's two other paladins in the group yeah but you know I'm a paladin of x and they're a paladin of y and z so I should be able to win. how about we fight for it you know and then god forbid you're not rolling like in front of them or on a virtual tabletop where they can see the rolls because that person's gonna go oh uh look at that I got an 18 plus this and I got a 17 plus this and Oh, uh, that's a 13 plus this. And it almost always hits the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, because they have to be the best around. And it's not it's not fun. It's not fair to everybody else. You know, when that main character pretty much just decides like I'm gonna be the very best, like no one ever was.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now that's playing in my, my head now. <laughs>
0: uh but no so
1: moving on moving on
0: <laughs> i'm telling you, like i could literally sit here and just rant about every single
1: i know you could because
0: it, it just irks me
1: trust me trust me after games i i know oh you, can you rant. do know
0: like after after every single session like if i'm a player i am ranting because i cannot stand the things that other people do in games like, I really cannot. There's I cannot a reason, stand their characters. There's a reason
1: you enjoy being a DM.
0: I, because, I, because I don't have to deal with it. I could watch you all do stupid stuff and I'm okay with that. But being a player and not being able to affect how things work because of your stupid actions
1: frustrates you.
0: Frustrates me. Just kind of going away from that. It's like chaotic stupid now, chaotic evil, player, character, whatever.
1: Does this kind of go along the lines of this is what my character would do, or is you going to put that separate? That's
0: his whole, that, that, that is a whole other section. That's pretty much going to be, I think, in our uh, Players 101 section that we haven't even touched on yet.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot that was upcoming.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have the Chaotic Stupid, Chaotic Evil, Lawful Stupid kind of uh, character, player. Chaotic Stupid. My character's chaotic neutral, Mercy, Tiefling cleric, warf- mm. Tiefling war cleric. She made one bad decision, which in turn caused another character's bad decision that caused him his life. So Mercy decided, I've already mentioned this before, to go against 176 zombies and a zombie beholder by herself because the group did not want to help. Mercy
1: being, would have died.
0: Mercy, being a champion for good, had been sent here to help. We went into this town to help. That was our intention. But as soon as we got into the town, everybody said, no, we're not helping. And Mercy said, well, I can do this, it's fine. All she had to do was stand outside with her, uh what is it? Guardian of Faith. Mm-hmm. All she did do was have that activated and just keep activating it if she had to, like, actually cast, like, spells or use, you know. I mean, she had, like, a bunch of radiant stuff. She can kill these zombies easily by herself. Not even gonna lie. Like, she could have been outside 176 zombies, she would have been fine. But then that zombie beholder showed up. And, and that's pe- where we had problems.
1: Yeah, and yeah, then he petrified you
0: that that was later on but that's when we had problems my character in that moment had done something extremely stupid
1: mhm
0: i as a player knew knew that this was a stupid decision it's not something i wanted to do that's what my player would or what what my character would do that's what the player would do i did not want to do this But I knew that going against my character's beliefs would change the character. I am no longer playing as the character. I am playing as myself. And that's not what I want. I want full immersion like episode one pretty much was talking or episode two. Episode two talking about immersion in the game.
1: Actions have consequences.
0: I want to be immersed in this game. I want to feel like I am this character and that my actions are going to cause me to die. I want that. I do not want my characters to die. But if they die, say la vie. I'm not really going to care. But she did something extremely stupid. Something that she thought was for the betterment of everybody else. She could have killed 176 zombies. But there were thousands more in the city. That wasn't, it, it was a drop in the ocean. She wouldn't have made an impact she would have died for something stupid and you know I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about that you know chaotic stupid as in is your character doing something stupid because they feel a hundred percent in their heart that this is what they would do or are they being stupid because the player wants to be stupid Because that's where a lot of the chaotic stupid kind of goes into. Where it's like, oh, you know, my character is going to jump off of this cliff. Your character would not do that. But the player is going, I wonder what's going to happen if I jump off this cliff. (laughs) Let's do it. Because again, they're not fully immersed in the game. So they don't think, you know, your actions have consequences. So when you fall and you take the fall damage... They're going to go, okay, well, cool. I have 20 D6 fall damage. I'm safe. But then you have that DM like you who homebrews No, you get the amount of D6s. Per,
1: per 10 feet you drop or 5 feet you drop. Yeah, yeah. per
0: 5 feet that you drop. So until,
1: until, until you reach terminal velocity.
0: Well, obviously. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like, you know, you're, you fall from, I don't know, like 100, 300 feet. You're you're not gonna live from that. You won't. Twenty d six is not enough. But you're gonna have that person that's like, cool. I'm just gonna swan dive off of this, you know, cliff and die. Would you count that as chaotic, stupid? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. That's because definitely chaotic, stupid.
0: If and you kind of gotta read it from how the player had played their character prior to this. Especially if you have been like a couple sessions in. If you're able to pretty much discern how this character is played. They're logical. They would not run headfirst in the battle. You know, you're a rogue. This rogue would be hiding in the shadows. He would be, you know, doing sneak attacks. He would not be up in, you know, in, in somebody's face. If the rogue suddenly does that, that is a chaotic, stupid action. Yeah. Because now you know that this person... The player is probably getting bored yep and now they just want to cause something they want to get damaged they want to cause a fight you know or pretty much like it'll cause a reaction from somebody else like oh my god this rogue just su- suddenly popped up in front of my face and stabbed me like if you had invisibility I can see that yeah you know I'm gonna like be invisible while he's in the middle of fighting this guy I'm gonna come up behind him and shank him understandable But if you're just like, no, I'm going to suddenly pop up and, you know, run up at this guy with my two daggers in my hands. Like, no, you're not. You're not. Okay, Drax. Like, you are 100% a rogue. It is not your job to be doing that. You know, chaotic stupid. J. Bao fighting this dragon. Oh, yeah. One stupid action calls another stupid action, mind you. But... You know we all were aware that this was an extremely stupid action that should not have happened but you know fueled by rage and other people's actions your character made a dumb decision.
1: You know it's funny though I'm the only person who died in the goddess's service.
0: This is true. Well uh, mm, technically yes Technically, because Torvo had not
1: become a servant of the goddess yet.
0: Yeah, we were technically on our way, but we were like already in the midst of all that.
1: Did he die in session two?
0: I think it was like session two.
2: Jesus,
1: that's just this ridiculously quick.
0: Yeah. But as I'm saying, like, you know, just chaotic, stupid. You You kind of got to weigh the pros and cons in that situation. Why are you acting this way? If this is not something that your character would generally do, then hundred percent it is a chaotic, stupid action.
1: Mhm. Definitely.
0: You know, j would generally not run after a dragon because j smart. He he was a smart character regardless.
1: Oh yeah. And I took what what it is is I I took those level in Barbarian and I just I I was under that impression that you rage, you become I wouldn't say dumb, but focused. Well, it, it
0: kind of is. Like, going off, like, j- just a little player 101 kind of thing. This, you can also kind of discuss with your DM to see how they feel about it. But most DMs will agree, and most players will agree, that Barbarian's rage is not a blind, stupid rage. It is just a, like... I am fixated on fighting whatever made me angry, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to do irrational things like you are in a rage. Yes, but you're not going because if you're in a rage, you would punch the first person next to you, right? What if it's an ally? You're clearly not in a stupid rage because you can discern friend from foe.
1: I was thinking though that your intelligence dampened because it kills your ability to cast spells.
0: But it doesn't tell you in the rule book. Rules is written. It does not tell you that your intelligence lowers. Yeah. So. That's an inference up in my with your own thing. That That's something that you're very, very, very guilty of doing. Mm-hmm. You like to just kind of string up your own excuses as to why you did this. And it's like, no. Rules is written. You are in a rage. You're angry. It's like when you get in a fight with somebody. You're not going to just suddenly start throttling the old grandma in the corner because, you know, your uncle pissed you off. Grandma's sitting there, you know, trying to drink her hot chocolate. You're just going to sucker punch her in the face? No, no. I'm saying,
1: but obviously, like, you focus in, as I said, it's a fight or flight instinct. And he was in fight mode. Whenever he rages, he's in fight mode. Mm -hmm. And so he was already, already fighting, basically. So and he already had his anger focused on a single target, so I was like, you know what? That's what that character would do. But yes, if I had not taken levels in barbarian, no, he there's no way he would have gone. He would have left that he would have left the dragon alone because he just wouldn't deal with it. Um cuz he would know that it's wait it's not a fight he could win. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So
0: You have nothing to add on that?
1: I'm... I'm so exasperated by chaotic... The chaotic stupid or the lawful stupid. I don't even know how to approach it. Like... The lawful stupid characters are the ones that I find frustrating the most. Like chaotic stupid... I can see people sometimes making some really dumb decisions if it's what their character would do. There are people who are players who are purposely chaotic, stupid mm-hmm. who are just doing it just because they feel like making stupid decisions mm-hmm. because they either a do it for the humor aspect or B do it because I just want to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. And those are the people who are probably just bored in life and they're just looking for something. Yeah. And the lawful, the lawful stupid are the people who are, they usually play, like, a lawful good paladin. I mean, you might get a lawful neutral player every now and again, but they they usually play, like, a lawful good paladin or some other race, or not race, but character who has, like, a, um, a very set code, or they follow the rules of society this very specific way and they have no leniency at all Mm -hmm. and it's like uh they see someone who obviously stole from someone else right Mm -hmm. but there's no proof that the item was stolen yeah and they're like well there's no proof and so this other person's like well I've got, you know, this is mine. I'm going to get it back. And they try to take it back. And this character, it might be a player character doing this. Be like, I'm getting my item back. And they go to take it from that person. And the lawful character is like, no. That's against the law. You can't steal from them, even though this person stole from you. And it's like, there's no gray area for them and i know coming from somebody who sees the world in black and white that's weird but there's no gray area for them at all mm-hmm. and i think a, a an obvious solution is the well i never saw it happen like the uh you'll see uh things on reddit where like the lawful the lawful good palin was sitting there in the ro- with the rogue and they had captured somebody and they were interrogating him. And obviously Lawful Good paladins going to be like, you can't interrogate people. Mm-hmm. You know, that you, know, you can't do stuff like that. But I got to go step out and get a piece of, co- or get a coffee. Yeah. Kind of thing. You can do that. But mm-hmm. then you're going to have those Lawful Stupid characters who are like, no, you can't do that. If you do that, I'll, I'll I will kill you. If you do that, I'll arrest you and take you to the guards. Oh
0: my god. That that's pretty much the players who make characters that will not fit with the group.
1: Yeah. They they're purposely making characters like that for some reason, and I don't understand that. Like I think I think it's just they want to play a rigid character, but then they make them so inflexible. There's a there's a reason that people temper swords, okay? Swords have to be able to bend and flex or they shatter. Mhm. Same thing with characters. If you make a character who is so unbending, who is so rigid, he will either shatter or break during the campaign. Mm -hmm. Because you're either going to have the players lose patience with him or you're going to have NPCs lose patience with him. Mm -hmm. Or the character himself will have to snap out of that alignment and become a completely different character. Mm -hmm. Because those characters... In real life, people like that do not function.
0: They don't. They're 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 incapable of functioning like one as a actual person, and then two as a character. I one hundred percent agree with that. Just because you know, I mean, even as you said, like they they're unbending. They're at that point. They have that mindset of you know, I am playing the the holy avenger, and you know, it is my job to destroy. Um,
1: all evil
0: like okay the evil campaign you're playing a vampire Mm -hmm. we have another player who is playing a paladin who does not agree with pretty much any other race except for humans and elves and changelings
1: he's a he's a human supremacist basically pretty much he made holy hitler is what i'm calling him and i don't like that character at all i already know he's gonna be a huge problem
0: (laughs) but the thing is Instead of making his character so static that he goes, oh, you're bad. Well, I'm going to automatically kill you. And then right as soon as the campaign starts, your character dies. He didn't do that. He said, cool. Well, your character is still humanoid, right? Well, yeah.
1: You can fix your imperfections. Yeah.
0: Then you can fix your imperfections. Yeah. Like, that's fine. I don't care. As long as you're still human, I don't care. That's literally all he said.
1: Or at least as long as you're trying to portray yourself as human as possible. Exactly. And, all that stuff. and And yeah, I understand. And under-
0: that, that's fine. That's great. And I love that because he's willing to work his character around there being a vampire in the group. He is lawful, I said lawful evil, I guess, if you want to count it. But to him, he's lawful good. To yes, his character, because
1: he's... Um,
0: he he's actually plagued with mad with madness. Um, but he a hundred percent believes that he's doing God's work. And he's not. But he a hundred percent believes that he is. If this was a lawful, stupid player, lawful, stupid character, he would a hundred percent go, Wow, you're a vampire, I'm killing you.
1: I'm gonna fight you instantly.
0: Yeah, like I'm going to cast divine sense on anybody in the party just to sense it. And then as soon as you pop up as evil, he's going to go, Hey, I'm going to kill you because you're evil. And it's like, dude, I'm a member of your party. I don't care.
1: And at the, and at the same time, that lawful, stupid character could be in a, okay. Uh, the Tuesday campaign right now. Mm-hmm. My character is lawful. I think lawful, neutral, Lawful neutral. Yeah. I'm lawful neutral and the way I envision that character is as even if you have evil characters until he sees you do something that he finds heinous enough that he has to step in he's not going to mm-hmm. because he's kind of a but is it what live is Is that say lovey yeah Okay. Yeah. He's a little.
0: Well, is live- like, you know, that, well, I guess that's life.
1: Okay. Really? But yeah, he's a live and let, he's a live and let live kind of person. And even he's surrounded by a bunch of vampires right now. And mm-hmm. he knows they're all evil. And he's just like, whatever. And then they brought the girl out. And he decided that he was going to, you know, chomp on her right in front of, you know, this holy Avenger paladin. And obviously, my character well, it was, okay, I can't let this go down. In my mind, that is right on the cusp of lawful stupid because there are, including the big, the big bad that was in the room, seventy-three vampires mm-hmm. in the room. That is not a winnable fight. Oh, it's not. It's not a winnable fight. But his point was he wasn't. He didn't care if he was going to win or not. He was gonna get the girl out of there. Mm-hmm. That was the only. That was his only point. A true, lawful, stupid character is gonna go. I'm here to smite evil, mm-hmm. and they will stay in that room with seventy three vampires and try to kill all of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That is the dumbest thing that you could possibly do because your character is going to die and you're probably gonna bring down the whole party with them. Yeah. My my whole point is it any it's, it's those stupid actions that the the player is trying to they they're using the it's what my character would do
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they're using their alignment as an excuse oh yeah, the stupid is the important part that we're trying to get get at It's not the lawful or the chaotic it's the stupid
2: mm-hmm.
1: and people might think they're not obvious. But it's pretty obvious whenever you know that the that it's the player being lawful stupid and mm-hmm. not the character being lawful stupid.
0: Okay, no, that, that's what I was saying. Like, you know, when we're talking about, like, chaotic evil or, or the chaotic stupid. You know, your character generally would not do something like this. Yes, you know, you're a lawful neutral paladin. But lawful neutral as in this is their house. These are their rules. Mm-hmm. Who am I to say... What can happen?
1: And it was until they broke a natural law, basically.
0: Yeah. And even then, you hadn't even acted yet. You you pretty much, I mean, because we also did have initiative orders, but you kind of just sat there and watched. And you were like, it's not my place to intervene.
1: And then it was...
0: My character, on the other hand, had no. been looking for this individual that was being bitten You had no idea who she was. So you acting out in a way that was unbecoming of your character would have been stupid. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, oh, well, one, that would have been metagaming. And two, that would have been like, okay, cool. Zaph is going to be running headfirst into battle to save this little girl. Because, you know, we have to save the little girl. And it's like, why do I need to save the little girl? She's obviously in this town full of vampires. Like, why do I need to save her? But my character being you know connected to this person you know through memories would have been like hey we are looking for this girl I need to save her now granted my character did do some awful stupid chaotic stupid junk during this fight Mm -hmm. but yeah there's a reason and everybody understands because she had to give up Pretty much her Connection. Goddess.
1: yeah, connection to her goddess.
0: Because the party had said that this was for the betterment of mankind.
1: You know that I not sh- even
0: the betterment, but it was like they were like this is the better option for now, and so she wanted to see how far she was willing to take it before she defected from the group and was like, "I'm sorry, I can't. Like, I need to go back. Like
1: to the goddess, to the
0: god. Like my place is with her." Not with you. At the end of the day, when I die, I want to be there.
1: Yeah, and then with like with Zaf, it was the way the way his was was that he was like, "Well, I'm not okay with this," but at the same time, you know, it's it's their house. And then he saw the fear in the girl's eyes Mm -hmm. because that was my number one question. I was like, "Is this like a like a consent thing? Mm -hmm. Like, is he feeding off a willing participant, or is it like?" And he's like, oh no, you see the fear in her eyes. And I was like, well, Zaf ain't standing for that. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he got up and, you know, it was going to go to town. But otherwise, I mean, I mean, uh, and another example uh, if the experience had gone different uh, whenever they gave up the goddess, your character could have said no in the face of an unwinnable fight. Mm-hmm. And the question is. At that point, is it the player or the character? And that's the difference. That's the difference to me. Oh,
0: yeah. No, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, your, your lawful, stupid, chaotic, stupid would at that point be derived on the player versus the character because at the end of the day, how would your character initially react to this situation? Yeah. Would they say yes or would they say no? Would they jump or would they not?
1: Because if you had had a character who was the ultimate zealot, let's say, kind of like a... Uh, the character in the upcoming evil companion. The ultimate zealot. Mm-hmm. Unbending principles. Mm-hmm. And.
0: They suddenly were like, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll help out this orc baby. Yeah. Like, why?
1: Why? But, but at the same time, I'm saying, like, you, you were given the option of basically give up your ties to the goddess or die.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Dying also meant that there was a possibility that your party could die because that's what happened with me. Mm -hmm. They gave me the option. We don't know if.
1: It's a deal for all of us at once or or one or only one. And I
0: had to make a rational decision as one, a player.
1: And as a character, as a
0: character, my character having bonded with these people would not have just willingly let them die after they just risked their lives for her.
1: And also, there's also the thing of subterfuge. Sometimes you might say that you're doing something mm-hmm. like you could say, Oh, I'm giving up the goddess, but in truth, you're not really. Yeah, no, that that's, why, you're just going to go right back to her.
0: Well, that that's the whole thing. Like with my character, she is going to go back to the goddess that that's her intention. She, she doesn't believe in not believing in her. Mm-hmm. And when I had asked the DM, cause you know, clerics, their magic is derived from their gods. I still have my magic.
1: So obviously she hasn't given up on you. And
0: I had asked him and he was like, yeah, he's like, your your radiant magic still works. And I'm like, cool. Well, then I don't need a goddess for magic. And he was like, no, like you don't technically. And I was like, okay, well then my magic must be coming from somewhere else. And then when I talked to him again, like during the the fight with the vampires, you know, one, we can't use it because of the building that we're in. But two, we
1: got to get out of that building
0: when, You know, pretty much when we asked him, like when I asked him, he was like, no, the goddess still loves you. And as soon as he said that, I know I told you this before, but as soon as he said that, that literally 100% solidified my decision for Mercy. She is going to do what she can to get that child. And she's leaving the group because the goddess still loves her. Mm -hmm. And if the goddess will take her back right now. She'll do it, but she doesn't know what's going to happen to the group. If she leaves the group and decides to come back to the goddess, then she might keep everybody else safe. That's her thinking,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but she doesn't want to just go, okay, cool. I'm going to, you know, accept the goddess back and then bam, everybody just like insta dies. Granted, we're all probably going to be TPK'd anyways. <laughs> yeah. It,
1: it might not matter anyways. Cause it
0: might not matter anyway. <laughs> this
1: upcoming fight's going to be, it, it, it looks like the end.
0: It, it it does because we're all at half HP. I'm already at twenty because I already got knocked down from 110 to 40. Oh my god! Well, actually, I got knocked down from 110 to zero, and then I healed you. You 40. healed me for 40. And no, 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 no. I healed no. you for 30. No, because um, they gave me potion. Uh, Fizz Uh-oh. gave me a potion. He gave me, I think, 15. <sighs> And then you gave me...
1: 25 because I had to use 5 to cure your drunkenness beforehand.
0: Yes. So all that, you know, now I'm at 40. I got knocked down to 20. I, Everybody else got knocked down to half health. And now we're all going to die. Why? Why? Because I, player, did something stupid. Used Character all, did not do something used stupid. Used
1: all of your channel divinities.
0: No. I used my channel divinity. I used it for guided strike, and that's fine.
1: Instead of turn undead,
0: I used I used turn undead. Oh, okay. that was the issue. That's why we're gonna die.
1: Oh yeah, because you got you got all of them to focus on us.
0: I got them to re- pretty much into a frenzy. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple of those vampires running around, pretty much trying to get away from me. And yeah, I pretty much just inadvertently caused a TPK. I shouldn't have done that. Player. I shouldn't have done that. But Mercy is now lying on the ground going, I did the right thing. But we're going to die regardless. And I feel really bad. But yeah, lawful, stupid, chaotic, stupid.
1: Watch Don't be out. stupid. Yeah, watch out for them. Don't be stupid. <laughs> if you or another player that you know might be suffering from lawful or chaotic, stupid. <laughs>
0: you might be entitled to financial compensation. Yeah, for
1: for, for real.
0: call 1-800 your dm sucks (laughs) we just wanted to say thank you all for tuning in to today's episode if you are interested in sending us some questions for us to answer or if you have a story you would like for us to share please reach us on either our email tabletalksubmissions at gmail.com our instagram tabletalkpodcast that's tabletalkpdcst or our brand new Facebook group called D&D Actions and Consequences. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next one.